Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. As always, I'm your host, Zach Weiss, giving you the latest from Cavaliers Kingdom, although all we got in news today is an old video of Andre Drummond playing the drums. So uh, that's the news. And so lucky, though, to have the 1997-98 all-rookie NBA performer. He spent four years in the wine and gold, a couple of big performances, and averaged 38 minutes a game. In a playoff series, he is also now a collegiate basketball head coach, which we will touch on a little bit later. Cedric Henderson, how are you today? I'm doing great. That's good. That's good. Now, how are you getting your basketball fixed right now? You know, no games. I assume recruiting is kind of on hold right now. So how are you <laughs> finding your basketball love right now? Well, honestly, my son plays college ball, so I, it kind of keeps me uh, engaged with him. So I get to train him and wear him down all day. And uh, that keeps me keeps my mind afloat. And then I just watch a lot of videos, and and I'm also uh, participating in a coaching program right now, so I can keep my mind sharp. It's great to hear Cedric. And now talking about coaching, we're going right to your basketball beginnings. And now maybe this was at East High School, maybe this was middle school, maybe this was just you know in, at, at the local park. But at what point in your life did you believe Cedric that you were quote unquote NBA good? Uh, I never really thought about it, to be honest. I never took it uh, to that point. Uh, but once I started playing like high school basketball, uh, my junior year, I uh, had a great game. And I didn't realize so many people were watching me uh, as far as college coaches and stuff were watching me. And, uh, and that's when I started kind of realizing, you know what, I might be okay in this thing. Because I was just doing it for fun. I was just a big kid and I was just doing it for fun. You know, it kept me out the streets, kept me from hanging around the wrong crowds. And uh, before I knew it, I just started getting good at it. And, and I, I didn't realize how good I was until like about my junior year in high school. And it turns out that obviously you being from Tennessee, you were Memphis good. And I, this is a program, and you know, you played there that's been good for so long. And they're still, now they got Penny Hardaway as a head coach. Mm-hmm. They, and even got Mike Miller as an assistant. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that, especially considering he played one of his one of his final years before going to Denver and Cleveland. So he had a great career there, Cedric. The numbers were fantastic. Some big games, big performances. But tell me, looking back, what are some of your fondest memories of playing there? Well, definitely the first year, uh, for sure. Um, I was a second-round draft pick, and it was a lot of us, you know, with Derek. Anderson, Brevin Knight, and Sejuanis Goskis, you know, we're all being first-year guys, so it was kind of odd to have that many young guys on one team. And then you had a guy like Sean Kemp who was, you know, coming from being, you know, the rain man from Seattle, superstar. So it was really exciting that first year, and uh, we had a great time. And even even through, through the changes, I still had a great time there. Uh, but I definitely enjoyed that first year for sure because it was just exciting. 
And did you, Cedric, ever feel a chip on your shoulder to contribute considering that you were a second-round pick? So my question actually in there is being a second-round pick and getting minutes, did you feel like if you wanted to stick, you had to contribute while you were in the game? For sure. <clears throat> the pressure of uh, definitely being a second-round pick is kind of different than being a first-round pick. You feel like the leash is not as long, you know. Uh, you know, so you, you felt like you couldn't make many mistakes. So once I got an opportunity to get on the floor, I just did the things that I knew I could do well, and that was defend, rebound, and run the floor. And I didn't try to get out of my character. So when I hit the floor, my main focus was like, okay, I know I'm going to guard the guy who's going to shoot this ball 20 times a night. And then I knew if I get a chance, uh, just dunk it. You know, just run the floor and just try to dunk the ball as many times <laughs> as I can. And, uh, you know, because you want to give a coach a reason to play you. And you want to give a coach a reason, you know, to have you on the floor. So those are the things I knew that Mike Patello at the time was definitely in love with, you know, because he was a defensive-minded type coach. So those are the things I tried to do as much as possible. And, you know, back in the late 90s, it was more commonplace for guys to play 80, all 82. And your rookie year was the only time in your career, but you're not surprising you came in. You started 71 games. You played in all 82. You shot 48% from the floor. And this was, of course, the era where – Small forwards weren't really looked at as three-point shooters, but kind of secondary distributors and guys that can rebound and push the tempo. But anyway, you averaged 31 minutes. You played a lot in the postseason, you know, 3-1 defeat in the opening round. But, Cedric, my question for you is what would you – how would you describe the opportunity to start in the postseason as a rookie? Oh, great. Uh I mean, like, I was so blessed to be be in that situation, especially, like you said, being a second-round draft pick. Um, didn't know that that would be a case, but it was awesome. Uh, the atmosphere was great. Uh, Indiana was a great team at that time. And, and just to be on the floor, you know, here's a young kid from Memphis playing on national TV. I mean, this is not like you playing on ESPN or something like that. Not, not No knock on ESPN, but, you know, you playing on regular TV where everybody's seeing you. So it was exciting. Uh, exciting time and I, I was very very proud of that moment and obviously the series didn't go the way you guys wanted but was there a favorite personal moment within that series for you whether maybe you met uh, you had a chance to talk to some of the Indiana players you, you watched uh, growing up or anyone on the, any specific moments you made with your teammates memories oh, well the, you know definitely having to guard that Reggie Miller and Chris Mullen crew though that, and then you turn around, they came off the bench with Jalen Rose and Travis Best. So, so we, I got a lot of work that during that series. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I think it was like the second game. I mean, it was, I was just like, man, I'm just tired. And, <laughs> and my, my, and uh, Mike looked at me, he's like, what do you mean you're tired? I was like, man, I'm, I mean, you got me guarding everybody. And, and the guys were laughing at me. They was like, this is because I, I never really complained about anything, but that was the first time they ever really kind of like, like see me just kind of like, like, wow, I'm just tired. Because the people don't understand the playoff is such a different level. It's such a different, it's more physical. It was faster. And it was, it was the guys like, the, I mean, Indiana's like, they just turned up. Uh, and, and I was just like, wow, just tired. So kind of, and I, and I kind of got flustered and just like, ah, oh, I can't, I'm just tired. And, Michael Jones, just calm down. You'll be okay. It's all right. You know, he's got, <laughs> he just, he's like, you just having a moment. Do you need a hug? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, that was a funny moment, but it was a great experience though. Um, I mean, I, I talked to, um, I remember just talking to 
uh, Jalen Rose and uh, Travis Bass and then Reggie Miller because they were giving me a lot of props about how hard I made it for them to score the ball. That I didn't make it easy for them. So that made me feel real good going into the next season. And uh, kind of keeping it on this series, were there any opportunities where Reggie was covering you, you hit a shot in his face and just kind of looked at him and been like, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> well, you know, their their game plans was to let me shoot my 15-footer. So they basically were just doubling off me. So when I hit hit a couple, especially I think we won the one in Cleveland, and I was just like, yes, like, oh, my God. like, And then the guys were, like, throwing the trash in the ball because, like you said, I didn't really shoot threes because it wasn't, like, a main thing I mean, a main thing to do back then. So uh, then I got a couple dunks, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then my Reggie was like, all right, okay, I see you, I see you growing up. <laughs> and I was like, huh, growing up? He's like, yeah, I see, you, I see you growing up, young fella. All right. And then the next game, they just went right back. <laughs> it was like, all right, it's time to put you all away. So. It was it was a good experience, and, and people don't understand. I love it. I tell teams all the time, especially my teams. That's like experience means a lot. And I don't care how fast and young you can run and jump. Something about that experience, man. It just takes the game to a whole other level. And on what you said about Reggie, I see you, young fellow. That sounds exactly like what he says whenever he's doing a game on TNT, at least three or yeah. four times. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. He definitely come. He definitely is. That's his. That's his thing. But uh, the greatest moment though, this is the funny one though. I did. Okay. We, me and Wesley was. Uh, guard, you know, Chris Mullen. And I could have sworn uh, Wesley was laughing so hard because we talked about it not too long ago. And Reggie Miller comes in there and we were switching wings. But we didn't call the switch because, you know, you know, it was up to us. And Reggie Miller screams, switch! And I'm talking about we both just took off to the same guy. <laughs> and we were like, what? I said, did you call? He's like, no, I didn't say. He's like, man. And then Reggie's like, yeah, we got you, young fella. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it, it's, they play all type of mind games out there on that floor. And obviously you were around Cedric, Bob Sura, and Sean Kemp. So my question for you is, I mean, I, I didn't know this until pretty recently. I've seen Bob Sura can really soar. He was in a dunk contest. Almost mm-hmm. more surprising than Brent Barry winning a dunk contest to me is Bob Sora being in one. But anyway. <laughs> Did Bob Sura and Sean Kemp ever have dunk contests against each other in practice? And if so, how did you guys judge them? Uh, to be honest with you, I, we, we, I didn't know Bob Sura can jump like, you know, like in practice because he shot so many threes. You know, that's what, his, that's what he was working on all the time. So we didn't have any really dunk contests. But when Sean used to really come into practice now, this is real. This is the truth. He'll come into practice and he'll be feeling real good. And he used to do some of the craziest things. You got to think, this is a 6'8 guy <clears throat> with long arms. You know, he's just big. And he used to do some of the most craziest, powerful dunks. You know, they, it won't look good in a dunk contest. But when you see it, like, you know, we playing probably practicing three on two or some type of drill. Right. And he just turns and just rips it, just wooing it. And you'll go back, like, we'll go down and back, and we'll come back to the end, and he'll still be shaking. You'll be like, oh, my God, like, what was that? So it was never really no dunk contest, but we used to, Sean used to do some crazy dunks in practice, though. I mean, he used to really just try to, like, he was trying to break the backboard someday. I would have been, that's something to see, man. I, I, I if I, if I had somehow gotten in there, I, I think that I would have probably had my eyes glued to him the entire time. I, oh, for sure that, for sure that. And now we're going to kind of go back a little bit here. Uh, with this question, uh, Cedric, who were your basketball idols growing up? And B, did you have a chance to form a relationship with any of them during your five years in the league? 
Um, well, my idol was Scottie Pippen because he was from Arkansas, so I knew about him. Uh, and he was really like one of those guys who were, you know, I mean, I just wanted to imitate to play defender, slasher, uh, you know, athletic guy. Um, I got to meet him a couple of times. Then they weren't able to form a relationship with him too much, but uh, he was he was awesome. And then, of course, Anthony Hardaway, he was who was, you know, like our hometown president here. You know, when I got a chance to meet him and hang with him and be able to, you know, form some type of bond as far as basketball with him, especially coming from the same school. Uh, I mean, it was like, you know, it's just an awe. You know, people don't realize how good Anthony Hardaway was uh, as far as talent-wise. I mean, I believe if he doesn't get hurt or have any injuries, uh, who knows what would happen. I mean, that's always – I think that's been the if question for years, you know, if, if this guy was healthy, what he could have been. No, with you on that, and I also think that obviously this isn't my era. I didn't grow up uh, with not a ton of '90s basketball, but I'm sure you look back and think if Shaq stays in Orlando, Penny stays healthy. They keep Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, everyone is around and healthy. They they get a ring or two. They get a second shot. I think there's no question that they get at least oh, a yes. ring. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't forget they had Horace Grant that year too. I mean, they had a a whip of a team. I mean, uh, you, you, you keep that core together. You know, you, you, you talk about maybe a dynasty type type organization at that time. I think uh, when Shaq, Shaq left, I mean, don't get me wrong, Penny had some good years, but, you know, you can't understand how dominant Shaq was. So uh, I think the organization really would have had a great chance of doing some good things. And I also just think before we move on on Orlando, they just had so much bad luck when they got Grant Hill. He, I think he missed – three full seasons before he was even on the court. They, they had T-Mac and Steve Francis both at the wrong times of their careers. And right. the one year they got in with Dwight Howard, it just did not work in the finals. They ran into a terrible matchup. And the Lakers had almost lost to Denver that year. But mm-hmm. Orlando, you know, we're, we're talking about the Cavs, but uh, Orlando, man, that's just, that's just tough luck. And it's good to see, though, they're back as a playoff team. That's for sure. They deserved it. I think they got a great head coach in Steve Clifford on that note. Oh, yes, he is. He's doing a fantastic job down there. And now from there, we look ahead. Cedric, your favorite NBA game, was it when you scored 30 in the win over Vancouver, which probably seems like yesterday? <laughs> or, no, I'm – go ahead. Oh, go or, ahead. oh, no, after you. That was it. That was it. Oh, okay. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I think my, I, my favorite game I played, though, it, it was in Phoenix. Uh, we were on the road. Uh, I had my – First kind of double double with like five assists or something like that. Yep. First double double, and it was. I mean, I was having so much fun. Uh, I, I mean, I was just in awe in that game. I was feeling real good. I mean, don't get me wrong, Vancouver game was great, uh, hitting thirty points. But I think, to be honest with you, the first game that I started against Minnesota might be my greatest game. I think that was like, oh my god, because I was so nervous. Um, I fouled, I had two fouls in like the first couple of minutes. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to come out. I'm, I'm screwing it up. And Mike Vitello said, nope, stay on the floor. And after he did that, I just kind of calmed down and just played. And, man, I had a fantastic game, my first starting game. And uh, I always will remember that one. And by the way, got mini trivia here, Cedric. Do you remember the four guys in the starting lineup with you when you had your double-double? Uh, in Phoenix? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I think it was me, Brevin, yep, uh, Wesley Person, Sean Kemp, 
And I want to say Sejune in Gaskas. No, he did not play in this game. He did? Oh, right. No, Might have been Vitali. It was a Vitali Pitipatipinko. Huh? Yes, right? yeah. yeah. One of the yeah. Most, <laughs> most underrated names in NBA history, I think. The UK train. <laughs> <laughs> and now, final question here, and then we will move ahead to your time as a coach. And Cedric, your NBA career, obviously, you know, it doesn't always work out perfectly. You did spend five years in the league. I mean, look, you played overseas for several years, but you retired from pro ball at 32. Is that correct? Somewhere around there, yeah. How did you know? And maybe it's just because the love as a player wasn't there. Maybe it's because you missed the bigger lights. But when did you know it was time to move on from playing and take the next step? Well, uh, as my kids got older and then my body was just, you know, to a point where it was just like, okay, this is this is getting kind of crazy. You know, uh, time away from the family. And that and, and that, that made me kind of really, really consider. Uh, I probably could have just squeezed out two, three more years. Uh, but I, my knee started kind of giving me problems uh, at that time. So I was like, okay, why just cripple myself? And, you know, I had I thought I had a decent career. I, was, I wasn't proud. I was proud of where I was. I didn't have any regrets. I wasn't like I was chasing a dream or anything. I was like, I'd done it. And, and then it was more time to invest into my family life. So that's what I did. And then I got a job and started getting into coaching. Uh, it kept me around the game. So, I mean, just – Personally, I had won a couple. I think I won the NBA championship at one time. I won a couple of championships overseas. So I was feeling good. I was really kind of felt accomplished and, and uh, was happy to be home. And speaking of home, it's a great, tra- great way to make the transition as we go into your time coaching. And Cedric, was it a no-brainer to go back to Memphis where you began your coaching career at Southwest Tennessee Community College? Well, you know, honestly, I, I, I wasn't thinking about coaching right away. Uh, I was I got into teaching at first because uh, I wanted to do something simple and slow down. And then my my kids, they were like, hey, I want to play basketball, uh, especially my son. And so I started doing AAU coaching with him. And before I know it, I started saying, OK, I love what I do. And then I got the opportunity to coach uh, at the junior college. So um and then I just, I mean, it kept me, like I said, start, I started, like, enjoying, like, okay, I don't have to kill myself every summer to stay 215 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can eat some ribs now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but basketball, I still had to love for the game. Uh, I didn't, I, at first, I didn't really want to get into coaching because I was like, yeah, I didn't want to deal with all the, uh, people don't understand if all things come along with coaching. Yep. So I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to deal with the headache. But honestly, I felt like, it was a call into me because I said, I got so much information I can give to young men. Once I started dealing with my son team and even my daughter played for a little bit, I felt good because it was so innocent young kids who really were just enjoying it for the true love of the game. And that's when I started saying, okay, I can do this. You know, uh, it wasn't about, I'm trying to be the next superstar or anything. It, it was just pure enjoyment. So I just started taking it and saying, hey, okay, I got, maybe I got something, maybe this might be it. And then I got into it more. And you spent six years as an assistant coach with uh, Southwest Tennessee Community before eventually becoming the head coach. And so my question for you, Cedric, is how did those years prepare you, in your words, for the head coaching realm? Uh, It did. It it, it prepared me a lot because, you know, you have to have the patience to deal with guys because, you know, every guy on a team has some type of an agenda or some type of 
thought of saying I want to be the you know get to the next level or the coach ain't treating me right. So I, I got to learn to deal with different personalities and groom um, myself and how to deal with that. And then just learning how to develop programs and um, try to do develop you know a, a system a legacy of, of like winning traditions and things like that from the guys I got mentored by. So it was fun. It was interesting. I learned a lot from it. And um, now I want to be able to build my own program and, and have my own kind of legacy going. And kind of a quick mini jump to the NBA here, Cedric. If you look over the last six, seven years in the NBA, it's been very interesting because there, there were two longtime point guards that went into head coaching with almost no experience. And yet Jason Kidd retired and coached the next season and then you had Derek Fisher, who, to my knowledge, at least, after he finished playing with the Thunder, I think a year late, he went to be an analyst and a coach. So do you believe that if either one of them had taken an assistant route, even for a year or two, that they might still be head coaches right now? I mean, I, I can't say that, you know, because every guy's experience is, is always different. Uh, I believe that uh, – you know, if you have the opportunity to do it, do it. I mean, I can't sit there and say uh, that would have been a great scenario. But, yeah, of course, the experience uh, being an assistant coach probably would have helped them groom them a little bit better. But, you know, I think those guys have done a wonderful job of doing it. You know, uh, sometimes you it's like an on-job on, you know, on training type thing, and you learn, and you get better at it. Um, so you, you kind of – yeah, I wish, you know, some guys don't get those opportunities. I mean, mostly the point guard is supposed to be the coach on the floor anyway, so they have a uh, a knowledge that they feel like they could pass on quicker than most, you know? Right. So, um, that's why you think they have a good mind. And, I, and that's what kind of helps me because I was, I was always the guy who played defense. So I think that helps me as coaching. You know, I use my strengths of what I was as a player to help improvise what I can do as far as coaching. And just a quick correction, actually, I, for, I forget. Derek Fisher was supposed to be the head coach for the L.A. Sparks, so their season's obviously on hold, draft on Friday. So he is a head right. coach again, but for right. the, still, still fits the question. Anyway, so talking about, uh, you know, your role, you've mentioned that obviously you're out there uh, being a, a, a pit bull, a tremendous defender. So, Connor, we'll start with that and talk about your coaching philosophies, Cedric. Uh, well, my philosophy on the floor is definitely is a team philosophy. Uh, you know, at my level, I feel like you got to teach uh, a unit type situation where the NBA is more individual skills. Uh, you know, so I kind of philosophize on playing kind of basic, solid basketball. Um, we want to we want to do the right things at all times. We want to make teams make mistakes and we want to make them pay for their mistakes. Uh, defense is definitely the strength of my teams. We believe in holding teams under 40 percent shooting if we can. Uh, you know, uh, eating up the defensive glass so we can get out and run an opportunity on the offensive end. Uh, defensively, I do a lot of different things because I, I, I feel like today's point guard is just so used to running top pick and roll, so I give them a lot of different looks. So they have to do a lot of different things uh, uh, at the level I'm at. Um, uh, offensively, I believe in execution. I believe in sharing the ball. Uh, it's always been taught to me that if you can – get 20 assists, 20 plus assists a night as a team. That means the ball is being shared. Guys are having fun. And we try to preach that as much as possible. And it works. We win. We do we do pretty good. We finished third in the last couple of years. And just now just getting over the hump, trying to win that, you know, win those crucial games and getting that we went to the finals and I 
a so-called division in the TCAA. But, you know, it's just my coaching philosophy is very, very team-oriented, very uh, family-oriented. We always believe in that. And just try to be as positive as we can. We try not to have too many episodes where we're not doing things and we kind of complain. And so I try to get guys to always think positive uh, and communicate as much. In fact, I stress over-communication as much as possible. And Cedric, have you taken a deep dive into the wonderful world of Zoom to keep in touch with your players over the time that you haven't <laughs> been together? Well, we, we, we they don't do the Zoom because, you know, a lot of guys don't know what they're doing. So we just do the group checks in and, you know, they know how to FaceTime and stuff like yeah. that, which I don't like doing too much because I don't I might not want to see their faces all day long. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we, we stay in touch as much as possible. You know, we try to stay safe and, you know, make sure I, I teach them. Don't say, hey, practice social distancing. They all got the itch because they feel like, oh, coach, I'm bored. I don't know what to do with myself, you know. That, and, and, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to send you workouts every day so you can keep your body going. Uh, you know, just get out and run and just do things that's proper. Uh, but, you know, these young men, you know, they, they you got to think they've been programmed for so long to get out and just be like, oh, I got to go do something. got to have something to do. Now they just got to be, you know, steady. But I try to encourage their uh, – Encourage them to keep get their grades up. I said this is a great time to get their GPAs up as high as possible and all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, but we don't do the Zoom too much. Okay. So I, I don't I, like we got two guys who maybe know how to do it, <laughs> <laughs> but they know how to text though. They can text all night long. That's though. good. <laughs> That's all that matters. Twenty twenty. Exactly. If you can't, I'm, I'm trying. Go ahead. No, I said, if you can't type on an on a, a pop up keyboard, then you ain't doing it right. <laughs> Right, right. And then I got to learn how to do Snapchat. I'm, I'm behind okay. on the Snapchat game because, I, you know, I got to learn these emojis, man. Like, I don't <laughs> even know. I, I was like, okay, man, what did he mean? I, I give it to my kids. He's like, hey, what do they mean right here? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a whole nother language. <laughs> that would be a great, great way for a show and like a team bonding. You, know, you, got, you get someone to somehow film it. You get you. You got Cedric Henderson and his players. <laughs> What do you, you know, you kind of get like, you know, oh, what do you mean emoji? You make it like a multiple choice game. You bring in one of the NBA hosts. You bring in someone from right. Tennessee talent, and you're set. Right. Hey, and look, trust me, we got to make it a game show. That's what it should be. Like, all right, what does this mean, you know? Uh, I'm, I'd watch. I'd watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so from your time coaching, we talk about the current Cavaliers. Not a ton to report. Andre Drummond did win a game in the – 2K tournament, that was, that was nice to see. Um, no right. no representation for the Cavs in the horse tournament, although, you know, you do have a guy that used to destroy the Cavs and Chauncey Billups uh, out there winning, Ooh. so congrats to him. But Paul Pierce, a former Cav killer, is out, so you can rejoice at that. But <laughs> as, So we look at this year's team, and, you know, the wins weren't there in – bunches but you know the second half of the season which was obviously cut 17 games short they were starting to look good I thought that every player in that backcourt while Garland was out Delhi was thriving but you look at Porter was playing well you had you're getting some good play from Colin obviously you know there's some potential so Cedric my question is where do you see the Cavs going next year can they go to the playoffs that well out of the town yeah, I think so. I mean, the pieces they have, I think they have a good shot. Uh, I like I like Sexton. I like Garland. I like those. I like the, like I said. I like the guard play. Uh, you know, with then you have the experience with Love and and Tristan, and then you bring some depth on the bench. And 
you know, you, you can see possibly making a push, especially in the East. Uh, you know, they're probably missing a shooter or two. I think they need some more shooters. Absolutely, yep. To, so they can so they can stretch the floor a little bit more. Uh, but other than that, you know, they have the pieces. I think, like you said, this is a great opportunity to really sit back and, and look at your team and see what you really need to make that push towards the playoffs. But if they get a couple pieces, so a couple shooters, uh, maybe some good role players that can come in and just do the things they need to do and to make those young guys more successful, they got a great shot. And personally speaking, at least from what I've seen, I, I don't watch a ton of Division One college basketball, Cedric, but to my knowledge, I – think that Anthony Edwards is the guy they should look toward. I'm not, I'm not sure if you agree. I watch him and I see 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I think he'll improve as a defender, whatever he doesn't do now. I think despite the fact he's only shooting 30% from three, Kevin Porter didn't shoot the three ball in college and he's doing it well with the Cavs. So I think Anthony Edwards is the guy. He could start at the two or the three to play 30 minutes off the bench right away. I think should take a chance on him. Huh? That sounds good, but you got some guys now out there that can shoot the ball a little bit better. But you know, like you said, I don't know what they're going for. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's it's so many guys that I like because I do watch a lot of college basketball that I think can fit. I mean, but you can actually now go, you know, with a six eight, six nine guy um, that can shoot the ball a little longer and try to be a little bit more size. Because if you look at the game now, uh, you know, you're you're you're, you're they want to play big alone now. Uh, I think they need to get a little bit more longer uh, in the front court. I'd be okay with that. But I, but the only the thing I see, I can compare that to two years ago. The Pelicans gave the Warriors a great push in that series. But the fact that Etwan Moore and Drew Holiday were in together at the two and the three definitely killed them right. on defense against Clay and KD. So I, I can see that being a focus. Right. Yeah. And then the small ball. I don't know. It depends on how, uh, you know, how they want to coach the game. I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios you can go. And closing out today, Cedric, what do you think the ceiling is for Colin Sexton, the man with the best hair in Cleveland since Iman Shumper? <laughs> I think the ceiling is high. I mean, I think he's a, a superstar in the making. Um, I think he can – if he can get to a point where he can – manage the team a little bit better. Um, he, he can he can actually probably lead that team to a lot of good things. Uh, maybe get his field goal percentage to a solid uh, where he's more consistent with it, get his assists, assist up, get people more involved. I mean, I think the guy has potential to lead the team to a playoff and make a run. The guy can play. I watched him play in high school. In fact, he played Penny's East team one, one time in uh, Palm Springs, I think. And you talking about a guy with a ball with speed? That's the fastest guy I've seen. I mean, like he gets down the floor with speed, and then he's so athletic, and he has great size. So I like him. I like his upsides. I think he can be one of those guys who can really turn a corner. I think he has to get more consistent on the three ball, but those things work works out as they get older. I think the only thing I think he has to work on, and I think it's evident, and I just think sometimes as an NBA player that's scoring 20 a game, you feel invincible. Every time, you know, you watch a game, there's two or three times, whether he's going against the likes of Rudy Gobert or Clint Capella or uh, when he used to go against the Pistons and Andre, he just always thinks he could go straight at the guy, make a like a half-year-old <laughs> score. I just think if he fixes that, his game is is – 
Done. Well, you, you you know the art of the mid range game is 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 crazy. But if you go back and watch Steph Curry when he first came in the league, he shot a lot of long twos, but he still was very efficient with it. And I think if Colin, if he gets his pull up jump shot where he doesn't have to do that as much, I think that helps him. You know, uh, I watched Chris Paul this year, and uh, what he's doing with the Thunder. I mean, he's finding his little fifteen twenty footer and just knocking it down. And then now that makes that that defender say, okay, do I need to come out? Now you can probably go past him with a quick burst of speed. But because he doesn't look for his pull-up jump shot as much, you know, the today game is, is all it's all or nothing. I think that helps it hurts him a little bit in a sense, you know. I think if he can find that uh that mid range game a little bit more, I think that'll help him be better finishing at the rim because now he can probably pull that defender a little closer to get past him. Definitely would like to see that. And I like the Chris Paul comparison because you watch him in Houston. Obviously, they, they don't believe in shooting from anywhere from four to 22 feet. For... <laughs> right. <laughs> and they also don't believe in anyone being over 6'9", save for Bruno Caboclo and Tyson Chandler on the bench. I don't even know how to tell Bruno Caboclo. He's like Giannis who doesn't play minutes, basically. Right. But right. He, was, he was actually really, he was really good in Memphis last year, so I wish he had more of a chance right now. But anyway, um, it's I like that comparison. You watch Chris Paul. And he is, I think, of the point guard spot, Mr. Midland, with yes, sir. and he's a deadly three-point spot. So if Colin could be anything like Chris Paul, man, then sign me up right now. As I said, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I believe that. I mean, like, you know, the, the game is. Think about it. We can go. Okay, go back to the '90s when I played. You, if you, your team shot 10 threes, it was like amazing. You're like, oh, you this high power team. Now, if you just shoot 10 threes today, it's, it's like, what are you doing? You got to get 30 threes up a night. And you're like, oh, what? You know, <laughs> so the game has just changed like a whole, whole lot. But it's still the game, it's still basketball at the end of the day. Uh, you still have to have something. And, 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 and I think a lot of people get fooled. Like, I watched even Houston. Let's take Houston. And I take Russell Westbrook. People say, man, he's not going to play well. But if you really look at it, he's right behind, uh, what's the Greek freak, in points in the paint. Yep. Because he's getting to the rim and scoring, so he doesn't have to shoot the three. So their philosophy works for them because – now you got four shooters, and he's just attacking the rim and just kicking out, which is hard to guard when you have that scenario going. Now, do, do I believe it's going to win a championship? No, I don't think so. But it does make it hard to guard. Definitely agree with that. I also think that Russell Westbrook, on uh, final note here, should not get any of the slander he does. And, I mean, you remember a couple of years ago, one of my favorite calls I think I've ever heard uh, watching the NBA my entire life, going back to the mid-90s. Obviously, he's not announcing for the Thunder anymore, but remember Brian Davis, when Russell Westbrook hits that ridiculous 35-footer, what a perfect end to a historic day. And that, and I think that call also sums up the career of Russ. I mean, he's had a historic career, flat out. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. I mean, for a guy to average a triple-double, man, I don't care who you are. Um that's still very impressive. I mean, the guys is one of the phenomenal athletes in the game. Um, I'm very impressed with what he does. Uh, been, been loving his game since he was at UCLA. 
of course, I got to see it up close when they played Memphis, but we know we came out on top. Just had to rub that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was fantastic watching it. I mean, because, you know, I've never seen a guy that size be that fast and be that athletic in basketball in a long time. You know what I mean? He was, he was, it was unreal. You know, his jump shot is not the greatest in the world, but you have to respect it because he will, he has no conscience. You know yep. what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. And here's to Colin Sexton being the next Russell Westbrook when he triples his rebounding average next season, taking every rebound uh, away from the bigs. <laughs> yeah, right. But you got, you got to understand now that's Kevin Love and Tristan's department. Now they ain't going to, and drunk. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, then, yeah, they're not going to let that happen. They, <laughs> get out the way, little fella. <laughs> this, this is how I eat now, you know. <laughs> I need to get those stuff. So I don't know. To I, get paid, man. There, there you go. I don't know, I don't know if they're going to allow it. But the combination of what they have, that's what you want, though, really. I mean, if guys – I still go back to the Detroit Piston days. I mean, I look at – that team was so – no, absolutely. And they had they had talent up the wazoo, and they had not only that, I mean, they have several Tristan Thompsons. They don't care about scoring. Well, now this year's different, but they're just trying. They're trying to get the rebounds. They're trying to push the ball, and they're trying to set those those screens right. that get exactly. everybody. Open. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, you know, you you get those guys. And I, I love. I don't know if is are they bringing JB back? Is they are they bringing their whole staff back? Yeah. He, oh, okay. I didn't signed know. an extension already. Oh, okay. Yes. I, li- I like Coming him. Back, I watched baby. him here with the Grizzlies. Uh, I knew some of the staff, and uh, he does a wonderful job. So, I mean, I, li- I like him. I think he's a very down-to-earth coach. I think he knows the game, and I think he has a great opportunity to build that franchise up. Absolutely. We'll see what happens with them. Obviously, hope the Cav- Cavs get filled first. But, you know, that's that's for another day. Set. <laughs> Cedric, been an absolute pleasure talking hoops, talking coaching. I want to thank you no, for coming thank you on for today. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. All right, so that is Cedric Henderson, all-rookie performer, 1997-98, head coach at Southwest Tennessee Community College. So that'll do it here on this edition of Across the Cavs. You can catch this show on Twitter, at Across Cavs. Check us out on Instagram, at Across the Cavs. So the latest rumblings from Cleveland, which is now just – random statistical tweets but you know what it's still better than nothing <laughs> no problem all right all right thank you